Man, so uh, let's start real quick with a follow-up from about NXT. A couple weeks ago, you asked us on the pod about, hey, you know, how often do we watch NXT, all that kind of stuff. Did you get a chance to watch the full show last week? No, I watched about 35 minutes and fell asleep. Okay, so then you saw part one of what I'm about to say. So I figured out who and what NXT is for. And it's for us. The exact fan that we are, the fan that knows about the inner workings, the fan that knows it's predetermined, the fan that is okay with knowing that these people are new and they're getting reps in, the show is tailor-made for us. And I figured it out just by watching. I watched with a different lens last week. Take, I'm going to just take Becky. I'm going to take the Becky thing. First uh, segment, she's in there with uh, Tiffany Stratton. And that's the push the young upstart person on the microphone. That's that segment, right? We know about that segment as people who really dig into this kind of stuff. Next segment with Becky is put over the young upstart new it person. It was Roxanne. It was after Roxanne wrestled, they had like a little backstage thing and it was legit a, oh, that was the moment where she put her over. We know that by watching. So we appreciate that. The next thing with Becky is the match. And now Becky is giving people the rub in her in uh, Tyre Valkyrie. She comes in, she's her tag partner. So like when you watch it, knowing what, it is, it's like, oh, this show's for us. Even down to like kind of what you hate before, where it's like the over-the-top acting or lack thereof or some of the promos. There was a, a segment with, um, I forgot who it was. Oh, the girl from Chase U. And she's going shopping for new clothes. Like she's, yeah, she's over, that. she's done now with the whole Chase U thing. The music in the background, the, the way over-the-top like conversations they're having, that's the kind of stuff that we don't mind because we know what it is. You may not be able to get away with that kind of stuff on Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, Collision, because it may be a little too, I don't even want to say hokey, but a little too polished. But we can get away with it on NXT because we know what we're watching. And I'm like, this show is perfect for the kind of stuff that we are looking for and we're into. So kind of just to wrap what you talked about a couple weeks ago, um, it's the show for us, I think. You know, I must have actually watched more of it than I thought because I remember all everything that you mentioned. The only thing I re- also mentioned, I remember, is how bad Becky's promo was. I don't know. She was trying to rap. Yeah. She was, was she trying, trying to rap a whole lot of people's names I'm into like, it. Uh, I, I didn't think girl, it was, see, once again, uh-uh. I didn't think it was that bad. She got a lot of hate oh, on social man. media for it. But knowing that, like, she's out there just to have fun. I'm like, cool, whatever. Like, once again, that promo wouldn't work on Raw. You can't, uh, you can't do that on Raw. We know you're here just to represent for the young talent and give them a rub. You can do whatever you want to in that ring. I don't care. That, that's, that's how I felt about it. But, yeah, so that's kind of what it is. Um, boy, we got some stuff to talk about today. Not as much as last week. It was a ton, but we wrapped our last pod, and then it was like a shitstorm of news that hit on thursday of last week so we're gonna get into it welcome to the tfw podcast this is episode 68 our typical triple threat is still not here radisha should be with us though on wednesday so shout out to her for that it is the dynamic duo matt and ishan here with you taking you through sunday to get you 
ready for the week. I'm sure, E, you want to start with the wrestler cuts. So if that's where you want to start, let's start there. Yes, you know, we uh, talked about it, you know, privately on air, and we kind of knew this was coming. Um, As soon as the merger, you know, happened, you know, finalized, we knew there was possible cuts. And I want to say right off the top that we don't want anyone losing their job. Like, Mm -mm. people have families, they have miles to feed, um, they're living their dreams. Uh, We don't want to see any of that come to an end, but also it was a business. And, you know, Matt and I come from a retail background, retail management. And one of the, the things is if you don't have work, if you're slow, you send people home. You get them off your payroll. Yep. Right? And I get people say, like, oh, you know, WWE's making all this money. Like, how can they just let these people go? But you also can't have people in your payroll that you don't, you're not using as well. Because it's, it's business. It's business is business. It's not personal. Um, but again, we don't want to see anybody lose your job. And all, everyone online that was like kind of like clapping at these people losing their job, man, y'all some sick people, man. Like that stuff is trash unnecessary. People. Yep. Yeah, trash man. I mean, it's, it's it's horrible. But let's go through the list here. Matt, in no particular order here, I'm going to start with uh, Matt Riddle um, was let go. I think he was the last cut that was made. Then we have Mustafa Ali. He started with the company in 2016. Uh, we have Rick Boobs. He started with 2017. Um, Aaliyah started with the company in 2015. Elias, 2014. Uh, Roger Moss started with 2014. My man, Top Dollar, 2020. Sheldon Benjamin had uh, two runs with the company, which recently resigned back in 2017. He was 48 years old, um, recently released. Emma. Um, this was her second run. She was brought back in 2022. Dolph Ziggler, longest tenure out of all the cuts, started with the company in 2004. Uh, Dabakato, 2016. Dana Brooke, 2013. Uh, Manzor and Mace, 2016, 2018, respectively. Quincy Elliott from uh, NXT, 2022. Shanky, 2020. Um, Ulyssa uh, Leon. 2021, Kevin Ventura Cortez. I'm not familiar with him. 2022, um, Ike Manjaro. 2020, I didn't know he still was with the company, to be honest with you. Uh, Brooklyn Barlow. 2022, not familiar with her work. And Bison Montana. 2022, all unfortunate, but um, I'm hoping that these guys land on their feet very, very soon. But Matt, I know that you're excited for a couple of these guys. They show up in a couple of different places. So to the releases, um, the optics just suck, right? Like you do these releases the same day you announce a $1.4 billion TV deal, which is 40% increase from the last TV deal you had. And that's only for SmackDown. It's not even including Raw and to a lesser, lesser, lesser extent NXT. I also think when the company is posting best everything, there's a world where you can just let contracts run out. And they didn't do that. Ali's been asking for his release forever. So that one, you're like, okay, well, he's asked for it. Then you look at it, and this is the part of the business that sucks, 
because it's like, damn, does loyalty mean anything? Ali was working hurt down in NXT, and he was working through an injury just to get through the story that they were telling with the uh, title and Dom and all that. And it's like, damn, right in the middle of it, he's scheduled to wrestle this weekend against Dom at no mercy. They let him go. It's like, damn, that's like cold world. That's like big time cold world. But at the end of the day, if you look at a lot of those names, they really weren't being used. So if their contract just wasn't renewed, cool. But when you let people go, it's, that's where it's kind of like, ah, the same day you're announcing all this, you know, we, this last week was a $1.4 billion TV deal. A couple weeks before that was the TKO merger. It's like, ugh, that's, that's, that's a little rough. Um, I don't even think I was, I was surprised by Ali, his name. From now, I'm talking just from a TV standpoint. I'm not talking like talent and can they help, you know, train the younger wrestlers or anything like that. That was probably the biggest one. That was the first one that came out. So I was like, whoa, okay. And then all the names started coming. And then you're like, okay, this must be like a budget thing. But Ali, I was super surprised about. Um, he's got to be somebody that Tony Khan calls. Like, if there was somebody or there's people who I was like, look, TK's got to have these folks on speed dial. Ali would be one, even though he's not a needle mover and he wouldn't be a needle mover in AEW. But I think he has to be there is Dolph Ziggler. Um, and then third would probably be. This isn't popular. And if I was running the company, I probably wouldn't do it. I think Tony's going to give it a shot, though, but maybe not after the whole punk situation. But I think Riddle, I think you got to make a call to maybe some people, you know, around Riddle to see where he's at mentally. I know the word was that, like, he just burned too many bridges. He had so many chances and he kind of, you know, pissed them away. Um, but I think that he's somebody that could move the needle for you. That's a doozy, imagine, man. Yeah, imagine an unrestricted type environment. In a good way, of kind of what his personality is. I think there's a lot they can do with him, but that's that's also a slippery slope. So like, if I was Tony, the first two for sure, and then even like Sheldon Benjamin could be so big in teaching some of these younger guys and girls just the roles, you know. Um, but those are probably the names I'm like, hey, look, if it's, if it's if I'm Tony Khan, those are the ones I'm absolutely probably reaching out to. Let's pause right there for a second. Let's go with Matt Riddle. I remember when we were talking about it, we were, you know, pulling you guys behind the curtains. We were kind of setting up the show between the two of us. He was like, hey, what three guys do you have? I'm like, dang, Matt, I don't have three guys I want to see go to AEW, to be honest with you. And I knew that we can have a discussion about this because I thought the three that we would come in mind, we would, we would have probably have the same people, right? But Matt Riddle wasn't one of my guys. And for what you, what you said. Mm-hmm. What I want first for Matt Riddle is to get himself figured out. Like, right? Because I, I think that most people have some kind of vices, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it shouldn't interfere with you on the business level. And it seems like whatever's going on with him, he has demons that's interfering with personal and professional. And when we're talking about, you know, him going, a him going to AEW in an unrestricted manner, that's going to be creatively and then in general. You talk about, you saw what happened with, Chris, with CM Punk in an unrestricted environment and how that didn't work. Just imagine if you have, you know, Matt Riddle, who was in a 
restricted environment. And he still was causing troubles and his demons were on full display all over social media. AEW doesn't need that. They don't need any more bad press. They don't need any more demons that can affect their locker room. He, Riddle was a party guy through and through. Um, this has been going on for years with him. And I don't want that to affect the business side of, of, mm-hmm. of AEW or even the locker room side of AEW. I think until he gets himself figured out, he doesn't need to show up on that TV. Because you saw what happened with Jeff Hardy, right? Jeff Hardy had to kind of rehabilitate himself, get himself together before Tony, Tony Khan felt comfortable putting it back on TV. Riddle needs to do the same. He needs to get his things in order. And once he's healthy, mentally and physically, absolutely, him in AEW will be phenomenal because there's a lot of great matches that he can have. But until he gets that, his, those demons taken care of, until he gets himself healthy, I don't want to see him on AEW TV. Now, you talked about Dolph Ziggler. Now, I've been clamoring yep. for Dolph Ziggler to get a refresh outside of WWE for years. Matt, because you know, back in the day, I was a huge Dolph Ziggler fan. A lot of it came from I saw him as the second coming of Shawn Michaels. That's my favorite wrestler of all time. I saw so much of Shawn in Dolph, and he was a great worker. He had a great look. And I want to say, what year was it he won the championship with Big E and, uh, and uh, AJ by his side? Was that 2014? That was Mania in New York. So that was second in a lifetime. So that was what um, they did. That was 20. 20- Eight or twenty nine WrestleMania twenty eight or twenty nine. Uh, it was the night after that that mania, which was still that? to this day one of the biggest pops I've ever experienced live. Oh yeah, um, you were live so was, there, right? Yeah, man. Like, and I remember it was funny too. Real quick story: there was some rumors that he may cash in at Mania. Their match, I think, was first on that card, or either first or second. It was a tag match, and uh, him and I think it was him and Biggie. They lost. I think I remember this right. But I remember Andrade wrestled at Mania. He may have wrestled Jake Hager. I can't remember. Uh, but I remember being in the building and the match is over. So now everybody's kind of got that like, uh-oh, here comes Dolph. Here comes Dolph. Here comes Dolph. Nope, no Dolph. Lights go down and they show a video package and the crowd boos. Boo. So I'm like, okay, it's happening tomorrow night. We had tickets for Raw. So Rodriguez and I, uh, and, uh, Del Rio's working a match. And I'm like, look, if you got to go get something to drink, we need to go now because Dolph is going to cash in tonight. So we go to the concessions and match is over. Like we hear ding, ding, ding. We hear uh, his music. I'm like, we got to go. So we leave, we book it to our seats. We run to our seats. I know like it's happening. We finally get to our seats and like not even 10 seconds later, Dolph comes out. And the place erupted. You know, typically the whole hyperbole thing of, um, oh, man, the roof blew off. If it was a possibility for a roof to blow off, it would have happened that night. That's how loud that crowd was. One of this, like, the best reactions. And, uh, and then, of course, Dolph, like, blew out his vocal cords from screaming. So he couldn't cut a promo for, like, two weeks because he hollered so much. But, man, those were the days. And to your point, man, like, he, he had it. He had it for so long. And then I saw a book made some comments uh, a couple of days ago on his podcast, I guess, where he said that like, he just didn't evolve in 10 years. He was the same person that he's been. And if you don't evolve, you die. He just felt like he was the same person for almost his entire tenure. And then he went on and he went on to kind of put him over for, you know, how great he is in the ring, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I don't know if some of that is him or some of that, like the office, because for the longest, his gimmick was 
the guy that always loses. Like legit, that was what he would tell people kind of like, oh, that's like my, my thing. I'm the guy that loses, that like should win. So like when you're pigeonholed with that and then you, you who knows if it's true or not, you hear the reports, you know, that Vince kind of told, you know, writers that like, hey, like he's not a top guy. But for somebody who's been on TV for that long, in the company for that long, I have a problem with the he wasn't a Vince guy or she wasn't a Vince person. If you're getting TV time, to me, you are a Vince person because you're getting television time. But I mean, but man, like he was he was that deal. He was that deal for a long time to us. Oh, he did it again, guys. If you don't know. He has a reputation of putting himself on mute. And I'll be damned if he didn't do it again. I sure did. Sure did. So um, just pause for a second on the uh, the pop thing. Because I was, I was there, huge Dolph Ziggler guy. I liked the AJ, Big E thing. So I was super excited as a fan. That was one of the moments for me as a fan that I really appreciated, along with Cody. I forget what year it was. I think it was a, a maybe a, a a rumble for a long for maybe a year, year and a half. He wasn't wearing knee pads. <laughs> I can't stand guys who don't wear knee pads. Like for but Cody was my guy, so I was trying to ride for him. He came out. Was it a main? I think it might have been a Royal Rumble. He came out and he had some knee pads on, and the crowd erupted. I erupted from my seat, man. Like that was like Dolph Ziggler and Cody Rhodes coming out with knee pads was like one of the bigger moments of my fandom. Um, but let's go back to Dolph Ziggler. And so you talk about that, Matt, as, as far as Dolph having the, the, the loser gimmick. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's some truth to that because what happened to Dolph Ziggler, and it might have happened to him, I think WWE have beat me down as a fan to where I didn't believe in Dolph Ziggler anymore. He went from being one of my favorite wrestlers to I just don't care when I see him on TV because Nothing he did mattered to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can he can go in there and he put on a great match, but at the end of the day, he was he would lose and lose and lose. And he like when I was seeing Monty, like they kind of gave him like different pushes towards the end. Like maybe, uh, you know, I think he had a couple of matches when he won the world title again. I think with uh, uh, Dean Mox, not Dean Moxley, it was Dean Ambrose in oh, <laughs> <and> SmackDown. <laughs> I'm about to mix mm-hmm. their names up. I didn't believe in uh, Dolph Ziggler then. I'm like, no, he, you know, he had too many years of them beating him down. And I think Ziggler got complacent as well. I think he understood that he had a role and that he didn't want more for his career. And as a fan, I didn't want more for him anymore, to be honest with you. And that's the beauty of there now being competition. Because yep. back in the 90s, you had multiple places for, people, for wrestlers to go to kind of freshen their act up. So if Vince didn't see you as a top guy, Guess what? I can go to WCW. I have a different lens put on me. I can go to e- ECW. There are places that these guys can go to reinvent themselves. And that, you know, for every Dolph Ziggler, you have a Cody Rose who said, you know what? I'm not going to tolerate. I see myself in a certain light and I'm not going to let Vince pigeonhole me into what he thinks my ceiling is. I'm going to go out. And I'm going to bet on myself. Dolph Ziggler probably had multiple chances to do that and didn't. So for me now, as a fan of Dolph Ziggler, I think absolutely he can go to ACW. What is going on? This this today, I can't get none of these words correct. I think he can go to AEW and be a major player for them. I think because Tony Khan appreciates work rate, quality matches, and Dolph Ziggler can do that. But I think he also can work a match to where we he gets something different out of a Hangman Adam Page. He gets something different out of a Swerve Strickland. 
we might have seen something different out of Kenny Omega with this type of psychology that he can bring. And he mm-hmm. also can go, you know, he also can sit there. He can go with those guys, right? He's 43 years old, but he doesn't look it. And he doesn't work like a 43-year-old man. No. He can get in that ring and he can go. And I think with his psychology, um, he can get in, he can bring out some great matches with a host of guys. And he has name value because people know him. He's been on WWE TV at a high level for years. Yes, he was a loser, but he's just in a different environment. And he's going to come back inspired. He's going to probably have a new character. He's going to have a new name. He's going to be able to reinvent himself. And I think he can do some big things for that company. And, like, if you look at him, there's a lot of parallels with him and Cesaro. Because yeah. what you were just talking about with, like, Dolph of, like, he shows up on your TV now, you don't even care. That's how I, that's how I became with Cesaro. Yeah. I was a massive Cesaro guy. Yeah. And it got to the point where you're right, man. Like, they just lose and they're, okay, they're the same person. Like, I don't care now about your five-star match. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Because I know, like, you're stuck in the mud right now. And I think that a lot of that is Dolph. So I do hope he goes. And I hope he doesn't just go and to be with, do a tag team with his brother. I hope they actually use him properly. And he, he doesn't have to be on TV every week. If he wants to continue to do all of his comedy stuff, God bless him, I'm sure. I know Tony will let him do that. But he deserves a final run, if you want to he's call a it a final run. Yeah. yeah. That you will look at him and like, oh, no, he's still that guy. Yeah. That's what he deserves. He absolutely deserves that. One person we haven't brought up, and you look at that, and to me, this is one of those, like, damn, how'd you miss on him? It was kind of the same way when uh, Bray got rest of soul, got released. Braun Strowman, when he got released a few weeks ago, I mean, a few months ago, or years ago, excuse me. And you say, damn, how'd you miss on him? Elias. Everything they've given Elias, he made work. Yeah. And you release him. He's another one that is going to be on that short list. I wonder He's what happened. on that short list. I wonder what happened because he was getting huge reactions mm-hmm. for a long time with that guitar gimmick. You know, he had the, the crowd chanting along with him. We, you know, walk with Elias and then all he got injured and all of a sudden he just never got the, he never got back to, I wonder what's like, it'll be very interesting if one day, you know, when maybe we're going to get this conversation later on, when Vince walks away from the business, he does a telltale book. Maybe there's like a podcast tour. We can get to the mind of Vince like, hey, why did you like sour on certain wrestlers? You know, regardless of their push and their reaction, why did you take the rug from under these guys? It'll be very interesting too. Well, that, and I also wonder, did the Ezekiel thing, as great as it was, did it do more damage for him than it helped him? Because we hadn't seen him on TV since Ezekiel went away. Well, no, he, if you think about it, he, Elias was off TV before that. That, the, the Ezekiel thing kind of brought him back to TV. It yeah, but I'm saying, but it worked. For him. You remember how great and, the TV was with him and KO? It worked. I think he was injured and they were just waiting for like creative. So at least he came back. But when he came back, it worked. He yeah, was he, over. And then it, you, like he went away, Vince, which made sense. But you know, Vince, you know, when Vince left, Triple H kind of put Rick Boogs and Elias in kind of like a, a tag team type of thing. I don't know what they were go- where they were going with it, but they were on TV. And then Vince McMahon comes back, and now then R- Boogs and Elias is off TV. When Vince came back, though, both those guys were off TV. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as he, as soon as he was back in power and in creative, those guys were gone. So you know Vince had to not just see anything in this guy. He's like, man, get this dude off my TV. I don't want you writing for him right now. Like it'll be interesting to see what his mindset was on him. 
And then speaking of Boogs, he put up a video working out and he said that it was political and he'll get into it later of why mm. he left. So I don't know what that could be, uh, but I guess we'll find out. Hey, Imagine. one last thing before we switch gears. When the, uh, I want to talk about Ali. He's another big guy. I definitely see him going to AEW. I um, absolutely agree with you on that one. I just wonder, is he a guy that's going to get lost in the sauce in AEW? That's that's my because he's he's gonna be he's gonna you're gonna put him in there he's gonna give you some great matches and I think one thing that Ali has learned in his time at WWE he's learned some psychology he can put a great match together he can do all the crazy AEW style wrestling but he also has some psychology as you've seen on full display in NXT at least right so he mm-hmm. can bring that to him and I think this gimmick and there was a you probably saw it um, there was a uh, some some scuttle booty online about his new gimmick. You know, uh, kind of. I don't know, like, and, and that was kind of why they got rid of him. But I know I can't that believe that I can't because he was you. You shot it on television, and you they produced it. it. They yeah. produced it. They put it on TV. It doesn't make sense. And I know this is something that he was kind of pushing to Vince years ago, and Vince said no to it. Right, so he was able to kind of do it in NXT. So I don't know if he's going to probably pick up on that. Is this something he feels passionate about? Um, I don't know if he's going to get the time available on TV with Tony Khan to kind of push that gimmick. But if he doesn't have, like, a gimmick, um, I feel like he's going to kind of get lost into a great match guy. Well, we will see with AEW, and that's a perfect segue. Because with them now moving to, I mean, they're damn near already at monthly pay-per-views right now. You're going to need a lot of people to get hot much quicker than doing it on a three- to four-month time span. And we came out, and we were, you know, we, we gave our critiques. On the last eight, you know, last pod about AEW and got to give it up where it's due. AEW had a hell of a week this past week on TV. From Dynamite to, I didn't watch Rampage, but I heard Rampage was great. I watched Collision. Uh, very strong week to AEW and uh, Tony Khan. So shout out to them. Let's talk a little bit real quick about Dynamite. Let's start with the positive. And then I'll get into trash ass Knox because that was unbelievable. Um, I love that Eddie finally was treated as the big deal that he always should be treated as. I know people have an issue with his look to hell with all that. Like the fan base absolutely loves him. That is how he needs to be treated. He actually got that like crowning achievement moment. It was so cool. One to see them have the camera shot behind the curtain before they come in. That's always a big deal. That's always awesome. And then just to see him, you know, start that show off, being from New York, holding those belts up, Eddie. Fantastic for Eddie. Um, what's your thoughts on Sammy joining the, the Callis family? Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that much about it, to be honest with you. It's cool. Um, but you know what I did like, and I sent you a video, and it's kind of something circulating, that this was kind of taken out of the, Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. playbook from years ago. And I didn't catch it in the moment. But when they played those videos side by side, I'm like, wow. Like, that, that was the exact same thing. And it made sense because Sammy has been under Jericho's wing forever. Right? And so we always talk about storylines and creative with AEW. And after the matches, when I realized, like, man, this that was actually... Um, I'm not sure if it came up, this has been the plan all along, 
But that was a great story that they've been telling with those two because, yes, Sammy has been under Chris Jericho's wing for the past five years. Long time. Right? So this is an excellent story that he can tell that now Sammy's like, hey, I want to break out of Chris Jericho's shadow. I want to stand on my own in mm-hmm. this company. I'm all for it. I mean, I love where these things can, can go for both those guys. And, you know, Chris Jericho has done a great job of, even though I'm not necessarily a super fan of his right now, I'm not sure why, but I do appreciate him getting in great shape. He's always creating something for himself and for storylines. And so I am very interested to see where they go with this. Uh, two quick things. One, keep Sammy Hill now. Don't flip him again for a very long time. Yeah, I didn't like that. That's one thing I didn't like, but hey, whatever. I mean, no, but I'm good with it because he really wasn't over as a face and you put him with Don Callis and they're heat magnets. Cool. Just keep him there now. Keep him there. And then what you just said about Jericho, I talk about a lot when it comes to music. It doesn't matter the quality of music. It's who is doing the music. What I mean by that is take R&B. Anybody who listens to R&B. Sierra would, years ago, would come out with banger after banger after banger didn't matter nobody wants to hear from sierra now if somebody else made that exact same song it's blowing up the charts and that's kind of how i feel about jericho right now if you Mm. look at the work jericho is doing he's actually doing some pretty fantastic work yes i just don't want to see it from jericho yeah and i think it's just like it's it's like it's been a long time with jericho and sometimes you just fall out of that with people you're just like i'm kind of i'm kind of over this person but you look at the work he did with osprey Look at the work he's done with Sammy. Like every few that he's kind of been in, you're like, when it's over, you're like, you know what? That actually was pretty good. I don't care about it in the moment. Even the match Wednesday, I'm watching the match. And I'm like, man, I, I probably couldn't care less about this match, to be honest. But I'm watching. I'm like, hey, this match is kind of good. And then when the turn happened at the end, I was like, you know what? That was great. I just didn't care to see it from Jericho. Yeah. That's all. Um, how awesome was that MJF Bret Hart video? That hey. promo video with the little boy, I had to show it like Matt, of course, has no idea that was even a thing. So he watched it on Thursday the next day. So he sends me a text and he's like, MJF is the man. I'm like, what happened? And he was like, he just put in uh, like the text like, uh, you're adopted. So I sent <laughs> yeah. him immediately the Bret Hart video. I was like, this is what this is based off of. And he was like, oh my God, this is incredible. So I, you know, I share that just to say like somebody who is 16 who has no recollection or even know it, but that was a, you know, homage to the Bret Hart video, still loved it. So if you know that, it's kind of a situation where as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, this is incredible. I, man, I, I thought it was fantastic. You know, hey, to be honest with you, I didn't catch it. Don't, don't say it. it. Don't say it. I didn't catch don't it. You just mentioned it. I didn't oh, catch no. it. But, but now that you, you bring it up, I remember the video. Yeah. Because like, as you're telling me, like, I, I went back. And I remember that Bret Hart video in my mind. Oh, get him, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, snap. That is straight. Like, it just literally popped in my mind. That's crazy. Yep. So, E, I want you to talk me out of MJF not being far and away right now the best wrestler in the world. Mm, the best wrestler in the world? Yep. Mm. Talk, talk me out of it. Give me somebody else that you think is even close to being on his level. Around everything. I'm talking promo. I'm talking uh, engagement with him. I'm talking wrestling ability. Just right now, I think he is 
top of the top and nobody's close to touching him? You have anybody that you feel like is close to him? Man, I still I still got Roman up there, man. I still got hmm. Roman. I, I think that so I'm a big anime guy, and I know you're not, but like there's this so there's 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 like this uh like this aura that like that that people have in anime, right? Like where like other beings and life force they can like sense someone's aura, right? Okay. And like and there, and there's and the more power they have, like the the scarier their presence is. And that's what Roman has. Roman had like this presence about himself that's unlike anybody in, in the business right now. Like his aura is huge, and it's like when you put Roman in the ring across from MJF. Can MJF hold, uh, hold his own? Absolutely, he can. But as far as the actual presence and the charisma that just oozes from that man right now, he's he's just number one. He can go in. He can go in the ring. He has to look. He's good on the microphone. Now, I, he might be able to go bar for bar with MJF. He's done it. Right? He doesn't. He doesn't do like the cheap, like pops or the cheap jabs that MJF does, but Roman, he got him. So for me, I'm still going Roman as my number one guy. Just and you, sure, so, this is your presence. And then, so you don't uh, knock him down a peg for not even being on television at all. You know, like, like even when MJF wasn't champ, he wouldn't work dynamite, but we would see him. He would come out every you know couple weeks and cut a promo or, or do an angle. We're not even seeing Roman right now. So does that not change? How you feel about Roman at all? If we were talking like strictly like legit pound for pound, best in the world rankings. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather have Roman Reigns schedule or MJF schedule? Just the schedule? It's, it's easy. Which one? What schedule would you want? See, when you say it's easy, now the, and I know you were asking like a simple question. If you're yeah, talking just you like, because yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want to do anything, it would be Roman. But if I love the business, I would like, it's not like MJF is working every single week. I, I would still want to be there. I mean, think you hear about people all the time talk about, I'm, I'm tired of being in catering. I, you know, I show up just to be in catering. Like, I want to be on TV. I want to work. I want to work. So, I mean, of course, the answer would be Roman because he's not really there. With, who knows really what he's doing? I'm sure he's doing something. Um, but, it's, I mean, MJF's schedule is pretty nice, too. Like, yeah, he got a nice schedule. Pretty, but yeah, Roman Reigns' nice schedule is Roman Reigns' schedule nice. So, it's like, I think if you ask most people, like, hey, would you would you like to do what you love to do, make great money, and call your shot? I think most people would be like, yeah, I would want that. So how can we mm-hmm. knock him and his greatness? Because he has an ideal and a role that he worked for and he accomplishes. Because at the end of the day, Roman Reigns still can show up on television and move ratings. He can show up on TV and it'd be a huge deal. Right? Yep. That's saying something. Not many people can have absences like that and be able to affect the business in, in a major way like Roman Reigns can. So, no, I don't knock him for that. I think that he worked hard for that. And I oh, think yeah. that he also, I think also, regardless of when he shows up on TV and he doesn't, he's going to move that needle big time. And there's not many people, I don't think there's anybody in the wrestling business that's active, right, that can do the same. No. Mm-mm. He's one of his own on that. Easily. Easily. Someone else that may be one of their own on the opposite spectrum. We talked about the good from Dynamite. 
Uh, Got to get to it, brother. Got to get to it. So I'm sitting there, and I think I'm on Twitter. I'm looking down when Mox and uh, Phoenix starts. So I don't see the initial bump. I hear it, and then I hear Excalibur and Taz just talking about, man, Mox is like he's all on his feet. Look, he can't even stand. I'm looking, I'm watching, and I'm like, damn, this, I don't, this don't look like this is part of the match. Because, like, Phoenix is trying to grab him and get him in the ring, and he's not budget. So I'm like, damn, he's like, he's out right now. I watched the match, and we, of course, we all know how the finish was, and uh, trash ass Knox doesn't count to three. They do the move again. Phoenix gets the, the the championship, which is completely now a secondary thought because of the botched finish. Sounds like Mox. You can see once he hits, he gets hit with the first power driver. You can see Mox's mouth moving. Allegedly, the word was Mox is saying, "Hey, this is it. Count it." He doesn't do it. So, of course, the first thing is, damn, hopefully Mox is okay. Because a lot of the initial thought was he got hurt on the power driver. So now you're worried about, damn, was he temporarily paralyzed? You know what I'm saying? Like, you get all those kind of nasty thoughts. Mm. Uh, Then, you know, come to find out, hey, it was a concussion. He was up moving. He got up right after that. You can even hear it on the broadcast. I think they were shooting like a video. But you can hear in the background the crowd cheering his name and then cheering him when he got up. Cool. After that, after the entire show is over, I'm like, let me go back and rewatch. Because, I mean, that's a really, really big deal. Trash-ass knocks. Mm. Now, typically when I call him trash-ass knocks, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek because he's not a, he doesn't do the referee job. He, he don't like, call pantomimes being, He pantomimes being a ref, yeah. right? Like, he allows people to be outside the ring for 45 seconds at a time. He allows them being inside the ring when they should be on the apron for, like, 30 seconds at a time. Like, he pantomimes what a real ref would do when they call it as a shoot and he doesn't do all that. So that's where that comes from. But I am legit right now. And I would never ask for somebody to to lose their job. I'm not saying that, but something needs to be done about what we saw on Wednesday. I get there's a doctor at ringside. How does he not recognize in that first 45 seconds to a minute that Moxley is out on his feet and we need to figure something out here. That That's shit was insane, horrible, man. man. That was horrible because, like, you, you know, I missed it, and I heard the, the talk about it. I wasn't really interested in seeing it myself, but um, you had mentioned, like, hey, go back and go go watch that. And I'm like, you know, let me watch it. And, man, that that was horrible. Mm-hmm. Because, we know, we're not in the business, right? And I was listening to uh, a, a show, and, you know, one of the wrestlers was, he, uh, he really got into one of the callers saying what they should do. But in the moment, you got to look at this, man. And I don't know what was said or not, but if this guy can't move, right? If he can't move on his own court, that's a problem. I don't care what the wrestler is saying. There should be some kind of protocol. And I'm not sure how long, like, the guy Mike Knox has been in the business. But he looked like an older dude. So I would imagine he's been around a long time. Yeah. And so there should be, like, some some rules or... I don't know about like, hey, what do you do in these instances? Because number one, for TV, that didn't look great. It's one, two, and he just stops, does the count. Like, okay, so on my television, that doesn't look good. Like, right? That like this, you got a referee who's not counting, and why? Like, that's number one. Just the optics of that doesn't look great. And then, all right, so now you see this guy is one, two, three. He can't move on his own. And the next thing is you got. Ray picking this dude up by his head and his neck. 
Mm-hmm. The, 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 the dual move, like, oh my gosh, like this, it just didn't look great in any kind of way. So again, I'm not, I'm not trying to call for anyone's job or, or, or not, but there needs to be a discussion about what do we do in these instances from a television perspective and then from a, a wrestler's health perspective. I know in WWE, if a guy gets counted out, he gets counted out. If a guy gets counted for the pin, he gets counted for the pin. And you yep. moving on, they deal with it later. The referee so calls on that, as a shoot, and it's on the refer. Is at that point, it's on the worker. If it's on the worker. Break, if you didn't break an account of five, you didn't get back in the ring like you were supposed to. That's on you. That's so on like, you. And we've seen in WWE before where there's been a botch, a botch cover. We've seen that before. Yeah, but it wasn't as egregious as that. Hey, we we got we got a uh, Cody Rhodes told a story years ago about when uh, Ted DiBiase was in the company, <laughs> and they like the referees were told to call these these matches like they were shoots. And and I think I think Ted got counted out, and then, <laughs> then Ted was in the back talking to Vince like that. Ref tried to fuck on me. He tried to fuck on me. <laughs> and then Vince originally was upset, and then after he heard Vince, he was trying to fuck on me. Vince sat back down, put his glasses on, and kept it moving. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Because number one, that just doesn't look like that doesn't. That's not great television. Number one, mm-hmm. and then the, the wrestlers' health and safety should come at, into pause as well. So, I hope John is okay. But that was horrible to see on television from a fan's perspective. Yep, you you can't allow that. You, you you can't allow that. Like as a referee, part of your job is to make sure that the workers are safe. Like I hate when we see a big move outside the ring and you see the ref run outside the ring check on them and then but i get that from from yeah. a legit I, i'd rather i'd rather that than what i saw on wednesday correct correct um so yeah so, so they gotta is, figure that, that was out. that was the second time he had that kind of thing too because early in the match you know ray had did like a um inside the outside like a dive onto moxley and i think he kind of knocked knocked him loopy for a little bit no, that's what i'm talking about no that was when he got concussed was yeah, before so, the match even started yeah, he got concussed then, and then you had the the thing at the end with the power drive. So at this point, like if, if I'm Mike Knox, and look, I'm not a referee, I'm not trained or any of those things either. But it's like he should have been like on high alert watching this yep. dude from yep. like this because that had been the start of the match. Now was at the end of the match, and this guy ain't getting up. I don't know, man. It just seems like it's common sense, but I'm not gonna drill on that. It. And then somebody should also got in his ear before he even rung the bell to say, "Hey, go check on Moxley. Hmm. He doesn't look right." Mm. That's all I'm saying. We gotta be gotta be better there. Um, storyline related from Collision last night. Now Ricky Starks is now 0-3 in his last three singles matches. We know how big of a fan Brian is of Ricky Starks and Tony Khan, so we know he's gonna be okay. But as good as the match was on Collision, I thought it was unnecessary. I don't know where they're going with the story, but I thought having another like hardcore match after they did all out to do a Texas death match on collision for him to lose again. I thought was a little much. Any thoughts on where he's at now and his trajectory compared to before these last three singles matches. You mean Ricky or are you talking about Brian? Ricky. Hey, I don't know when Ricky's contract is up. Uh Oh, but Uh-oh. if I'm Tony Khan, Uh-oh. I'm doing what I need to do to keep this man happy and productive in my company. Uh-oh. Because this man got it. 
this man got it. So mm-hmm. they have they have they had Ricky sitting on reserves for way too long. It's his time to shine right now. So if I'm Tony, look, all right, Ricky, we're gonna give you the ball. We're gonna give you the spotlight. Because I'm not sure when his contract is up, but if I'm Ricky, when my contract is up, I'm shaking hands, I'm saying my goodbyes, I'm putting up them two fingers, I'm saying deuces, y'all. I'm going to WWE. And here it is. I ain't got nothing to add to that. Uh, I know you had a question about commentary or commentary teams or something. Yeah, you know, I would just, uh, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm huge fan of wrestling so i'm always thinking about wrestling and you know different things pop different scenarios into my mind and i believe i was listening to a show or i was watching wrestling i'm not sure what it was but something popped in my mind about my favorite commentary teams because commentary is a, an important part of the match and for me as a fan sometimes like it's background noise to what i'm watching but i need it i need it and I need to hear it. And it's such a super important part of the show. And so I thought about, like, hey, what are my favorite commentary teams of all times? Because there's been multiple. I've been watching wrestling since the late 80s as a kid. And so I started thinking, like, about my favorite commentary teams. Hmm. And unfortunately, I don't have one AEW as of yet. But I have a lot in the past. So, Matt, I got to ask you, give me your top three commentary team oh, that's easy of all oh, that's time light work. that's light work you give you give me three that's light work give uh we go we go monsoon and heenan absolutely if you guys don't know about monsoon he would that's where i know all about my patella tendon that's where like, he, he would Talk tell you gorilla, gorilla man, he would tell you all parts of your body that like nobody else would mention ever in life um but give me them of course you got to go jr and king for monday night raw um and this is going to sound a little crazy, but if you give me three, I'm going to take it. I may have to go Michael Cole and Pat McAfee for that year we have them together. Mm. Yep. You know, it's funny you say that because uh, I wasn't a Michael Cole guy. Like, I, didn't, I didn't think he took away from a show, but I feel like he just was there. But man, I thought he, I thought, I thought he sucked for a while. And I part of it too, because he yeah, because he I took over for Jr. So like you already mm-hmm. are now Jr.'s successor. We know Jr. wants to continue to do this. He looks too old on camera. We heard all that kind of stuff. So he was already set up to fail. And like maybe did, if that wasn't bring the, the case, same passion and energy that Jr. did at the time either. Like no. he 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 just didn't bring it to me. But as soon as hey, but as soon as Vince got out of his ear, oh my god, it was like Michael Cole was unleashed. Do you remember the Cruiserweight Classic? Yeah. He was on commentary, I believe, with Lita. And that was the first time we kind of saw him not up under Vince. And we were like, yo, Michael Cole is actually really good at this. Yeah. And then they did something else with NXT. He was on commentary and it was like, oh, no, like, he's great. He just doesn't get the chance to be great on Raw and SmackDown. And to your point, uh, I mean, even kind of before Vince was still there, we, we started seeing it. But. A little Man, bit. When he was able to be unleashed and like He's he up. got his passion back, he even talks about like Pat McAfee being there, re- reinvigorated him yeah. in his passion. Like he's been fantastic. So that was a good one because that was a short lived. That's why I didn't want to put it on my top list. But that short lived connection of Pat and, and Michael Cole was a really, really good one. But we were 
right there on the first two. Because I don't mm-hmm. know, I remember, you know, Gorilla and Bobby. But I do remember they were bickering all the time. And, all you know, you <laughs> call Bobby Birdbrain. And, you know, it, 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 it was a it was a great dynamic for a kid. Um, will you I, will stop? Be, I will I will be interested in going back to maybe watching some of those matches mm-hmm. so I can listen to the commentary, see if it still holds up. Um, but JR and King definitely um, are, is my second favorite as well. Because, like, you know, when we were, you know, we're now we're teenagers becoming to young adults. You know, that was our commentary team. Like right, and yeah. Jr. was phenomenal, and Jerry really brought the humor. You know his puppies and everything else. He was very entertaining to listen to. Um, I'm gonna go another one. I'm gonna go Mauro and um again. Oh, how did I forget? Oh man, because Mauro brought so much energy and passion. Yeah, you see, you know, like the thing about NXT, I love NXT Black and Gold. And I love how easy going the stories and shows were. You can just watch the Josh those shows, have great matches. The storylines made sense. It didn't insult you. But the show just didn't have that oomph sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? It just didn't have mm-hmm. that that edge to sometimes. But Mauro, his excitement will really bring another level to that show. We talk about commentary that can enhance a product. I felt like Mauro and McGinnis really elevated that show uh unlike anything that i've seen on the commentary team a lot of times and i think that jim ross did that you know he really brought he elevated um the shows back in the day especially with like calling those big matches i feel like bobby and gorilla did that and i feel like morrow really did that for nxt so those are my top three of all time that's an awesome one man i I don't know how i forgot about morrow and on takeovers it was oh over. my god! Like whew. he brought Man. his A game. Damn, because you know, you know what he reminds you of, and this is like why we love going to. Because I'm not a concert guy. Like I hate going to concerts, and I don't like being in crowds. But I don't mind going to a wrestling show. And what I do like is watching wrestling with friends because it's the energy. Like mm-hmm. right, I love being in that energy, watching something that I love. And Morrow brought that energy through my TV screen. I feel like I'm watching the show with another fan. He was so infectious that it just, it just was great. I would see him come back and do something on somebody's show one day. Man, can you imagine him calling an AEW show? No, it would be like unreal. It would be be unreal. And and you know, it's funny too, because you talked about the passion part and that was what Pat brought. Oh yeah. Pat was a fan and Pat said he was a fan, but he spoke for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, man, like, Yes, commentary is, is such a, a such a big deal. Oh my god! Can stuff. you ima- can you imagine Morrow and nope. Pat doing the wrestling nope. show, man? Nope. Oh my god! I pay weekly. <laughs> I pay weekly for that. Four ninety nine. Here you go. <laughs> speaking of speaking of pay, um, they did it again, brother. This Russell Dream card is pretty stacked. Now I didn't remember until last night. The show was <laughs> this week. It's, well, I guess Sunday, next Sunday. Um, hey, same thing, bro. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> this next yeah. week, I was like, yo, already. Damn. Listen to this card: Brian Danielson versus Zack Zaber Jr. Right now, that looks like that's the main event. Cool. Uh, FTR versus Aussie Open. We know that match is going to be great for the tag titles. Um, we got Eddie Kingston versus Shibata, and Eddie's putting up both his titles. That's going to be hard hitting. This one, I'm ready for it. Kenny 
Omega, Chris Jericho, and Ibushi versus Takesta, Sammy Guevara, and Will Ospreay. Holy hell, is that going to be fantastic? Chris Stanlander versus Julia Hart. I'm happy to see Julia get a, get a, uh, a spot finally on a pay-per-view for the uh, TBS championship. Swerve versus Hangman. We already talked about at nauseum how excited we are for that. Christian versus Darby Allen, two out of three falls. Dang. TNT championship match. And then the four-way tag match. Winner gets a tag team title match at any time. Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers versus Orange Cassidy and Hook versus the Guns. Man, we, we talk about it a lot, E, that no matter <laughs> what we think about weekly AEW shows, we know their pay-per-views are going to deliver. This card already is a hell of a card. So I got a couple questions for you. Are you prepared not to pull apart your cheeks and crap all over Kuda Bushi again? <laughs> are, are, are you prepared to give this man no, no. A, a, a shot? The new and approved Kota Ibushi, Takeshita, is the new Kota Ibushi. Now, if Kota oh. comes out there and gets back to his form, cool. If he doesn't, Takeshita's still the new hotness. Kota, get the toilet paper ready because Matt's coming for you. <laughs> but So when you see that card, that's a pretty strong card, right? It's all right. Oh, you don't think it's as good as a, I do, huh? Man, I, after this week we had on uh, from AEW, you know, on for free. Like, <laughs> you yeah, know I, what I'm saying? Yeah, right. I mean, that's the problem with uh, AEW, man. Like, man, they, they put on show after show. They give us these great matches, man. You know, I was more... So, to me, a bigger match, Eddie Kingston versus Shibata, mm-hmm. is Eddie Kingston versus Claudio. And him going over winning the championship. Now, I know it was huge for him to do it in front of his home state. Right. You know, and it was great. Like, I, I had texted you as soon as I saw that match afterwards. I'm like, man, this was a great moment for Eddie. Yeah. We all love Eddie. He's the motion, the passion. We love it. But that's a bigger match that I'll pay for versus seeing him and Shibata. Because I've watched Shibata, and Shibata, man, he's, you know, I'm not sure if he's wrestling in Japan or not. I think he's he is. Just and I think here. also, it's, too, also, too, remember that this show was all about Antonio Noki too. So this is the nod to Anoki. But oh, I understand it? what you're yeah, I understand what you're saying with Claudio and Eddie. That is a bigger match. But if you look at it, this entire show was kind of it's all about Antonio Inoki, now that match makes sense. Mm. I, I just thought to myself, like, man, I can't wait till they sign this uh this max deal and get these damn things on the paper. Yeah. Like I'll pay ten dollars additional for you know AEW. That's what I'll pay for it. I know they got the mm-hmm. live sports and NBA, et cetera. Um, but I'm, I would just pay the $10 so I can watch the AEW pay-per-views. I'm looking forward to that because I think that this is what we're going to get more of if they go to the every month pay-per-view model. Because they're going to ask us so, to spend it's working so 50. Far. And I wonder, I wonder if they don't go to max. Like, and these are the cars that we're getting month after month, 50 bucks. This is a different climate, man. This ain't like back in the day when we were spending 50 bucks a month with WWE. It's mm-hmm. a different climate. It's a, it's a different economy. Like, man, I... Uh, well, we'll they're, they're not, they're not, I don't think they're even going to try. I think that the max deal is as much locked as possible. It'll be in 2024. I think they're going to roll it out properly. They're going to start with the NBA games and all that, and then they're going to announce the AWP. So I think it's locked that we see them 
hell, I'm sure Tony thought it was locked for all in until the infrastructure just couldn't handle, you know, a live show. Mm. Speaking of Tony Khan, did you did you listen to that promo he cut about Russell Dream? Were you paying attention? No, I didn't know I didn't listen to it. Okay. I wrote this down. So I'm like, I gotta ask E. Because I think, I mean, this has to mean something. The last sentence of his promo, he said, you won't want to miss AEW Russell Dream as will end a chapter in wrestling history and begin a new era in AEW. We'll end a chapter in wrestling history and we'll begin a new era in AEW. Do you think that means Edge, Mercedes? Do you think that means something else? Do you think that means nothing? And he just said that? I know it's not that. I know it's something else. If you had to, if you had to guess, what do you think that is? Man, I mean, I don't know what he, what could be possibly ending. I mean, what is just this era of AEW and we're starting a we'll new end one? A chapter in wrestling history. We'll end a chapter in wrestling history and begin a new era in AEW. Man, I just think that Tony Khan has mastered the art of promoting. Okay. I think he's mastered the art of using big words and saying big things but not really having something to back up those claims. And Damn. I think that was I think that was Yo, a big Hey no. That was, no, you you just can't you just you, yeah. you can't just roll over that. You got to let that you got to let that statement breathe. That's a pretty that's a pretty rough statement to say that this man, oh, man. just says big things and he he don't back it up. This 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 wrestling. But this I can argue that. I can argue this, did this all the time. Up. I can argue that he's backed up more big um not statements. I guess you could say statements than anybody else in the history of wrestling. Really, if you think about the surprises that he's given fans consistently, now yeah, there's sometimes a, he's making a huge announcement and it's like yeah, okay, no, right, I, we'll I, was, I was I just wanted to say like yeah, he you know early on you know it was very important for him to to to, to deliver things, but we he, we were getting announcement week after week, and mm-hmm. this is the biggest thing for AAW ever. And then he's talking about some reality-based show, right? I'm like, okay. Hey, that show's cool. on Max right now. So that you know how big that is? Oh it's on Max. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's, we, he was announcing something every week as the biggest thing ever. And it was, it was cool, right? It was cool. Like, everything can't be – that's the only thing. Every, like, I know there's things that he has that's coming up, but it, when you say everything is the biggest ever, yeah, like, everything can't be the biggest ever, right? But I get maybe for him and his, his like, I'm not going. I'm not going there with Tony. But I get maybe for him in that moment, maybe it is big for the company because maybe there's financial um, ramifications coming. Maybe there's just things that he can't, you know, talk to us about. But when he goes out there and say we're ending the air, like, what, do, what, what exactly are we ending? And that I can't we, wait to find out because it's got to be right, something. What's, what's ending? And then what's what's the next thing that's starting that's really worthy of this build-up that he's given us. I just don't think it's... I, I think if there's a build-up from 1 to 20, I think this is going to be a 7. Oh, okay. No, I, I disagree. I, I think with that being said, I think, like I said, I think it could be Edge. I think it could be Mercedes. It's, some, it's something big, I think, but on that That's level. That's the next era, though? Bringing Edge? I think so, if you're closing the, the chapter br- on CM Punk forever. I mean, you're bringing in a 15-year-old man, and look, I'm not hating on... I, I, yeah, like, you are. I think Edge... I think Edge oh, I know who great. it is. Goldberg. Oh shit! Who's That's next? even worse. Who's next? The new That's era of AEW. 
You mean you can't bring these fifty year old men in here claiming it's gonna be a new era? It's a new era, man. It's a new day. Oh, he's bringing back Big E. He got Big E cleared. But your point is well taken. If everything is big, nothing's big. That is for sure. Uh, quick hits. Uh, LA Knight's out with COVID. So hopefully it's not sustained in him and he can get back to feeling good and being healthy. Word is that uh, it was right before doors opened for SmackDown and he tested positive for COVID. Crazy. So they uh we saw where he was supposed to show up and i didn't have any like insider information i'm just watching the show and they they beat up aj styles the bloodline does and scene is getting worked over i'm like oh my god this pop is about to be generation for early night when his music hits and they continue to beat the shit out of him for seven minutes and then the show goes off the air and i'm like yo what happened to la night and then as soon as that uh i see on twitter that oh that's why he's back next week Yep. Which, but you know what? But it was cool. It kind of worked out because you let the bloodline, you know, in the show on top. Yeah. Kind of worked out. You know, which is cool. Uh, are you good hey, I, with, are you I got good a question with LA for you, Knight and, and Cena versus, uh, I guess it would be Jimmy and Solo? Is, is, that a, is that a thing you feel like is a good spot for LA Knight? Before I answer that, I'm going to ask you a question because I know that y'all, you know, you, you were pulling down cheeks and crapping all over the Jay. I mean, mm-hmm. Jimmy Uso in, in the Bloodline storyline. So, like, after watching last night, are, are you a little more comfortable with what they're doing with the Bloodline? Yeah, I, I think the Jimmy story is starting to show itself, right? I think either Jimmy thinks he's Roman or he wants to be Roman. And that's now starting to show itself. Because if, if if he allegedly told Jay, I didn't want you to be him, but now he's acting like he's him, throwing the ones up, making these calls that he shouldn't even be making. And we haven't seen Roman since all this is happening. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, all right, well, are, are they going to go with the story of he's trying to break the bloodline up from within? I don't think that's the story because I think we are getting Jimmy and Jay one-on-one. So that wouldn't make sense. But yeah, no, it's starting to make, it's starting to, it's starting to show itself more but it, it took man hell it took a month to get there yeah yeah i mean you know it's it's starting to kind of i don't know this is the the journey all along right but it's starting to course correct itself i'm not saying that it's, it's the the biggest part of the storyline from the bloodline we've seen but no, it definitely right. is it's getting better right and as you said you're starting to see the jimmy character right you're starting to see that he's kind of trying to manipulate some things, but it seems like he's also priming himself for a nice little ass whooping when Roman gets back. Right? Oh, it's coming! <laughs> like it's, it's coming, like, man. He's he's priming himself for a little ass whooping coming up soon. Um. So yeah. So then. So L.A. Knight, Cena. Great spot for him, right? Absolutely, it is. I'm yeah. here for that. I'm here mm-hmm. for that. Let him get that Cena rub. And as you said, like if we get another, you know, bloodline beatdown. On uh, uh, on uh, Cena on next week, when LA comes out, the roof's gonna be blown off. Good stuff. So let me ask you. Rudisha sent me a text. So transition to Oscar uh, and EO. Fantastic match. Loved it. That's a match I've been waiting for for a very very long time. We got it. It quenched my thirst for that match. I thought it would have been a lot more shenanigans than what it was, though, with Charlotte. And really, it wasn't much shenanigans. 
in that. Um, Rhodesia sent me a text. So, like, of course, music hits. It's about halfway through the show. Music hits when the match is about to happen. I'm like, okay, there's going to be shenanigans. That's why they're not main eventing. And she's like, this being their first time together, it's a women's match, title match. This should have main evented the show. Sorry, not sorry. Seeing how that match played out, because it wasn't a DQ finish. It wasn't a count out finish. We got a, a pinfall. EO going over on Asuka, even though there was a little bit of interference. Do you think that match should have main evented SmackDown? You know, I wasn't high on the matches you guys were. You didn't like it? No, I liked the match. I wasn't. I wasn't oh, you're saying you going guys, into it. Going into going it. I know you guys are really, okay. yeah, you guys are really hype on the match. And like, I, you know, I'm a big Sky fan. I like Asuka. Um, I just, I just don't think the two of them are presented as such as like this is a dream match. And I just didn't feel the build. Um, I don't think that they've been building Sky as a credible champion enough. I think, like I said, I think she's she's one of those Rey Mysterio world champions right now to where they don't, she has the title, but they don't have, she's at the focus of the women's division, unfortunately. So with that build, no, I don't, I think it was properly placed based on how they've been building both those characters. I would have flipped it, especially knowing you don't have LA Knight to come in and make the save. Have that finish hour one. The bloodline thing. Actually, maybe you couldn't do that because then you had to jump. Never mind. You couldn't do it. No, you had to jump I, I think I, I think Cena and the bloodline. Like I think that's a much hotter feud than that. It is, Oscar but and, Sky and yes, Cena is Cena, and you are correct. But in order to get the women's title to what you just talked about to that level where you look at it as being that big deal, you got to treat it as that big deal. Well, I, th- I think I don't think it's necessarily the match placement. I think it's how they present the characters themselves first. I think when you st- when they properly present Sky as a champion, and not just a part, I'm not just a member of Damage Control who happens to mm-hmm. have the championship. I think that will elevate her, right? And I think that if you can, I don't know what they've been doing with Oscar. You know, she looks menacing. She's she's great in the ring. People respect her, but I don't feel like they've really went full like dominant oscar with her like right i I think that when you i think in some regards i think charlotte showing up the way she did took some of the spotlight off the women in 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 the match because like she comes out and gets her whole ass entrance before the bell even rings right before the bell even rings right she gets the camera gets put on her right and now the match is about what she's gonna do in the match like, right. So do you think do you think we get a triple threat match at the pay-per-view? Or does does Asuka not quote unquote deserve a rematch? I think she definitely deserves, but I think you I think they put Charlotte in that match for a reason. Um so I definitely think we maybe see another, you know, triple threat match with her included. Um okay. I just think it's a shame that, you know, the spotlight in, in my in my eyes. The star of that match was Charlotte. And I don't think, not because um, I feel that way, but I feel like they put so much emphasis on, yeah, like her presence in the match was like the thing. And that's that's what I didn't like. I get it. I get it for sure. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, Man, we're in for another few strong weeks and we got Russell Dream Sunday. We got the WWE pay-per-view the week after that. Uh, like we're we're hitting a, a stride. Typically, this is the time where it slows down a little bit. Back in the day, it's like come fall, it was like not much going on until the Rumble season and Wrestle Kingdom. 
And of course, AEW completely changed that. And now Triple H being head of creative, there is like no off time really, which is a great nope. thing. And in 90 days, we might oh get a couple boy. surprises mm-hmm. on some uh, competitive mm-hmm. television, right? So, well, that and for Impact too, because Impact's pay per view, I think, is like that same week that 90 days is up. So it's not Bound for Glory. Bound for Glory is the one after that. So uh, we, didn't, we didn't talk about, I, I think that this is going to be huge for Impact. Maybe we can talk about that on another show. Um, but I think a lot of these signings will be great for Impact. I know you mentioned before that the production values are going to go up. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to Impact taking that next step as a proper three. Uh, well, what's, what do you want to say? Top three promotion in the company? I mean, in the country? Imagine just how quickly Impact would garner attention if they were to bring in Punk and a few of these free agents. It, oh. that, that would be a game changer for them. Game changer. Game changer. Something to think about. Good call. Uh, speaking of TV deals, I, I forgot to bring it up. Um, so they signed the TV deal. We brought up that part. 40% more in revenue, et cetera, et cetera. But the big deal to me out of this is that was only for SmackDown. It looks like now USA is out of the running for the rights of Raw and NXT. And this is going to happen, of course, in a year in 2024. Nick Khan planted some seeds about a month ago, month and a half ago. He said it. Some people picked up on it. Some people kind of didn't pick up on it where he talked about, hey, we're open to not having Raw on Mondays anymore. If it makes sense for us, yes, we will absolutely change the day. They're not mm-hmm. going to be on USA, E. And there's an opportunity to change the day. Would you rather keep Raw on Mondays for you personally as a fan? Or would you say, no, you know what? I'm good with it being on Tuesday and then they put NXT on Wednesday. Or I'm good with Raw on Tuesday and NXT on Thursday. We've had Monday Night Raw for, I want to say, almost all my life. <laughs> Feels right? like in 90, was it 93? I think or yeah, something. Yeah, like man. You know, like it's that'd be that'd be trippy for me. And it, I kind of feel like it'd be trippy for well, I guess uh Raw was on Spike at one time, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was on Spike for one time. But for still most on parts, Mondays, you would say. Still on Mondays. Was on Mondays. I'm very interested to see where they go with this. I mean, Nick Khan is about making money for this company. But the booty about the show going on, like, you know, on Amazon. Like, like I get they get the money, but I feel like it's going to be very hard for people to watch this on a subscription base. I think most people probably have Amazon at this point, mm-hmm. but still to kind of watch it on a streaming platform, like only, that just seems really weird to me. Um, that more so, that is the biggest change for me. More so, moving nights, it'd be it going to like a streaming platform now. Part of another equation was Raw going possibly to Disney mm-hmm. and possibly showing up on like an ESPN or ESPN 3 or something like that. I think that would be huge if it can go and get on Disney and ABC. Yeah, it would be. Um, I wonder, I think, the, I think the Fox deal worked. But I don't think it worked to the extent that Fox thought it would, and maybe even a little bit to what WWE thought it would in terms of exposure. We all remember like four years ago when we heard they were going to Fox, we were like, oh my God, this is going to be like Saturday night's main event every single week. Like, they're going to be pulling in 5 million viewers. It never got 
to that level. But once again, I, I think it worked. And I think it really worked too for their presence as what you kind of, you're talking about. Like if you put them on like just like a streaming service, yeah, they're still going to make the money. They're still, we're still going to find them. We're still going to watch. But it sounds different of like Raw on Amazon Prime than like Raw on Fox. You know what I mean? Or NBC or ABC. So I think that's something they have to look at. But maybe they don't care about the perception of where the show is. NFL does uh, Thursday Night Football and their ratings are up on Amazon Prime. I think they're doing, they're in the millions. For sure. Now granted, football is football. We we know that's a whole nother beast. But it's still there. Um, I, I, I like Raw being on Monday. The only time that it's, it's rough for me is during football season because, like, like tomorrow night, I'm probably not watching Raw live. Like, there's a football game that I want to watch that it's only 17 weeks so out of the year. So, if I had to pick, I would say maybe still stay on Mondays, but, hey, I'm here for Tuesday night Raw, and I'm here for Wednesday night NXT. I am here for if they were to put uh, the new NXT up against AEW Dynamite. They go head to head again. Do you want that? Do you want to have to now fight to watch NXT fight then also have to see Dynamite? I mean... It may actually be easier because then, if say, say if that was to happen. Let's just say if that was to happen. Um, won't that kind of free up some time? Because you're going to take one. So you're going to be able to fast forward through it. Like you're not, we would have to figure out our recording schedule if that was to happen. But um, it may it may free up a little bit of our time. Because not if, if everything is on like one night, then you watch whatever show you're not going to watch live kind of when you want to watch it. Now you, that frees up another day for you. I don't know. I'm just kind of like spitballing and thinking. But, well, uh, that model, that model before got, you know, a bunch of people in NXT fired. <laughs> got the plan revised. <laughs> you know, uh, that's that 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 model got NXT 2.0. Now, crazy Vince is at it again, right? You know, we're running out of time. We may not be able to get into it today, but maybe Vince might not be an issue with NXT going fu- in, in, in the future. But you know, let's hold that hold that for hold that for Wednesday show because I want to get Rodriguez's thoughts on that too. On uh, you know the the document that came out and. Allegedly, Vince is looking for a way out. I got some thoughts on that, on probably why that is, but that's a good conversation for the three of us to have on Wednesday. That was everything I had from a quick hits perspective. You got anything before we get out here? No, just, you know, it's an exciting time for wrestling. There's a lot going on, you know, good and bad, but it's a lot to talk about, man. So, but gosh, it's going to be rough for wrestling because we've got a lot of great wrestling to watch. Man, basketball is coming back. It is. That's that's another thing, too. Two weeks. Training camp starts for the NBA. But that's going to be great. It seems like, you know, um, Tony Khan and Triple H and company are going to give us a fight for our attention, right? They're going to make it hard for us to watch this this, this live sports that's coming back for us. So I'm excited for it. Actually, it's next week training camp starts for the NBA. God, man. That summer went by quick. Those are all good problems to have, though. All good problems to have. And shout out to everybody who, who was listening. If you are a day one fan, welcome. If you are a day 289 fan, thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate you guys. We love all of you, of course. Uh, check us out on social media. We are on X at That's FNW. We're on Instagram at That's FNW. YouTube, 
we are there at That's Freaking Wrestling. That's where we post our full episodes every single week, twice a week, actually. That's everything. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, follow us on the podcast and write some really cool notes down at the bottom of that thing. Give us five stars review. We appreciate it. That's all we got, y'all. We are out of here. We'll be back as the Triple Threat on Wednesday. Peace.